Joe Orth and I are starting a podcast. What should we call it? Hey, don't pick on me. You know why? Because this is why. Well, let's see what he says. The Joe Show. <laughs> Give Joe the business. That's right. Cup of Joe. Cup of Joe. What is happening here? Would you listen? We'll give you a chance. Thank you. Uh... That's Joe. That's Rooster. And this is the Together We Shout podcast, episode 28. What's up, man? 28, man. That's crazy. Uh, You know, another day. 2023 coming in strong. Yeah, dude. And uh, I tell you, there's been so much traveling already. I saw you down in Baton Rouge, man. We, we got to give that some attention. Louisiana Marathon weekend. Yeah, man. Uh, just that weekend is so much fun. Uh, you know, where that's gone over 10 years now right, is is extremely special from what started as that, you know, phone call to Craig, what, 11 years ago or 10 and a half years ago to where we're at now of 100 riders across all four weekend events, a big dinner, you know, a finished festival where the sun was shining. It was it was solid. Yeah, I like how you said the sun was shining because each year the weather's a gamble. I mean, we've gone from sweating to literally snow last year. So to have it right in the middle there, the sun out there, it's, it's really good. And everybody coming together, it's just a great way to kick off the year. And Fresh Junkie Racing just to, has embraces us. Of course, that dinner, man, Landis and Tad and the team getting out there with the pasta laya. Ah, anyway, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting hungry reminiscing. But <laughs> When you say that, like, kick off the year, when I think of it like that, like, my, uh, sounds crazy, like, my race season is, is, like, 10 months, you know, like, that kicks it off, and then we come back 10 months later at the Marine Corps to, like, wrap it all up, and then we have, you know, a couple race series races in the, in the winter, but got some two big events that uh start and kind of wrap up the the national level effort yeah it's really cool and an awesome opportunity within the first two minutes dude just take it you got 30 seconds go ahead get it yeah i was trying to get it in there so i didn't like forget yeah if you are interested in running uh the marine corps marathon in october 2023 with ainsley's angels email joe at ainsleysangels.org we would love to have you some exciting things coming uh, in 2023 that uh, we're not going to announce or, or tease, but we're just going to say some some changes and some exciting things for the Marine Corps Marathon 2023 charity team. Don't look now, but I believe you just teased it. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I didn't know. say what they were, though. Okay, that's right. fair. It's a good opportunity, though, to get our guest in here because I, I, she's going to be able to tell us whether or not that was a tease because professionally, she certainly knows, you know, how to roll things out and, and get things going from a from a hyping it standpoint. You're like, Rooster, what are you talking about? And who is it? Who could it be? Well, none other than Amanda Pick Hall coming to us from somewhere in America. What's up, Amanda? Hey, everyone. How's it going? We are well, very well. I'm stoked to have you on here in 28. Joe and I were like, yeah, who, who? And then boom, there it is. Yes, of course. Amanda, let's get in here and dance. It's going to be fun. So tell everybody exactly where you are physically and why do you think you're on the Together We Shout podcast? So hello to everyone who doesn't know me. I'm Amanda Pickerly Hall. I am the Southeast PA Ambassador and the Senior Vice President of Marketing for Ainsley's Angel America. Currently, I am in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. It's a suburb outside of Philly. So I'm about 45 minutes. And believe it or not, I'm actually in my childhood bedroom right now, which is pretty funny. Um, our house is under some serious construction, which I'm very excited about. And uh, I've kind of been camping out at my parents all week as the dust is all in the air. We're trying to be safe. So it's kind of funny to be here. And it's really funny because the walls are bright pink. So maybe all along I knew uh, this was all going to kind of mesh together in my life at some point, but it feels very nostalgic being here. Yeah. Well, is that the original color? Yep. This is, I, I, I think I changed it when I was like 11 and it's still sitting here. Bright pink, bright, bright and pink. Rooster, you see over the uh, right shoulder, I see some black, like, leopard-type stuff. The, you know, the whole stuff. bedding. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How about yeah. that? I, I, that? If I if I, if I I thought about it, you would have thought it was the bedding from Peggy, like the RV Peggy, yeah. Peggy in the back. 
yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. The bedroom's awesome. But like, did you intentionally avoid the key question? Why do you? Oh, sorry. Why am I here? Um, I I think um, first of all, it's kind of nice to have a female guest. You've had plenty of female guests, but sometimes I feel like there's always male guests coming and coming through. So I don't know. Um, I'm a I, I love promoting inclusion, and that's not only necessarily through the organization per se in the special needs population, but you know I'm not like that normal sized athlete per se. So I take a lot of pride in being able to push inclusion in sport all across the gamut. And um, I don't know, I feel like I've kind of gone through some diversity in life and I'm hoping that maybe, you know, someone can relate to me at some point in their lives of my story and where I am now. So I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Um, I don't want to tease it or anything, but I think you just did. Like, that's exactly spot on and and kind of where we're hoping to go. But none of these podcasts are scripted. So we're going to naturally just dance and see where it goes. So what is the answer? Like, did Joe just tease the Marine Corps Marathon for 2023? If so, people aren't signing up based on that alone, I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, and I know you can edit this out. I'm going to, my like blinds are like hitting my face so weird. Is it look off? I'm going to try to like. It's, it's it is. I mean, I was like, what's happening? Uh, I was going to so say. I, yeah, go ahead, Joe. I. <laughs> Where the hell are we in the podcast? Are we are you're at, are we going back to the TV? All right, we're gonna. I'll we go back. back to, I'll go back to Marine Corps. So I'll go back. No, to every, the, the yeah, everything's good. Like the power of the edit, man. Final Cut Pro. Anyway, I mean, anyway. don't even edit. That's just like proof. Yeah. That it's okay. That's even good. real. Yeah, there will be no editing. We're here. Anyway, everybody's no more, stripes, no more stripes in my face. Hopefully, this is awkward. Whatever's going on. Anywho. Um, yeah, that was the coolest teaser ever for Marine Corps. And, you know, I wasn't going to sign up because I'm like going to probably be like six months post baby. But like part of me is kind of like, let's sign up this year because there's something awesome happening going on with it. But for those who have not experienced Marine Corps weekend, it is literally the most magical thing you can like ever imagine. And to know that there's something bigger coming this year is pretty awesome in my mind. So I'm excited to hear what it is. I don't even. I don't even know. The it, it, it doesn't know a what lot it is, of it. So. A lot of it is like less than, I mean, 18 ish hours. So you, <laughs> you will be in the know very soon, my friend, because you will have uh, some work uh, yeah. per se to do. It was like, yeah, we and got pastors. <laughs> but like outside of the SVP of marketing, you ran that race many a time. So yeah, I think I've ran. Three times, and each time was the most different experience ever, like all of them. So, um, my first time I ran was 2016. It was the year our SEPA ambassadorship kicked off. So, I was like, I'm going to be that leader. Like, I'm going to show our group, like, what you can do, that we can go to Marine Corps. So, I was determined. I ran that entire marathon by myself. I pushed Dylan. Dylan is not a light kid. Like, he was, I think he's like 100 and some pounds about. Um, and I, every single weekend, I did my long runs on the Schuylkill River Trail that's local here, super flat out and back. I used to go with the chair, 100 pounds of sand in the chair, and I would push him to be prepared for it. Um, that that race was amazing start to finish and then the coolest part was is when we got back to the car taylor proposed to me so like that's a that's a that's a pretty cool memory to have in the bank and and after talking with him after it he's he's so sweet he was like i really wanted to do it like at the after party of the race with everyone but i didn't want to take the shine away from the day from everyone else and i was like oh Okay. Well, who's Taylor? You got to tell the audience. Taylor's my awesome husband. Um, we've been together since, well, we're coming on 10 years this year together, which is pretty awesome. We just hit our five-year wedding anniversary. And uh, yeah, he knew he knew how much this group means to me and how much that race meant to me. And he, he planned to do it at the finish line. So pretty cool that, that that's a that's a memory that sticks there. Of course, that's probably my top Marine Corps memory. And then 2017, we got married in October and we decided to push back our honeymoon because of Marine Corps weekend. So we raced Marine Corps and then we went to our honeymoon the next day. But that race actually did not go anywhere 
as planned as I hoped it would. Um, Kaylee from Louisiana was my rider. She came up, her first Marine Corps, like both of us are so excited, girl power, whatever. Well, excuse my language, but like shit hit the fan at mile 14. And like my body was just like, you got married. You have been training. Like, I'm not doing this. So body was like, you know what? I I, I, I can't do this. We're going to struggle to the end. So I found James in Virginia. He was an angel runner, but he was wearing red, white, and blue gear for that race. And he saw that I was struggling. I'm an angel in Virginia. Like, I can get her to the finish line. Well, her mom, uh, Rooster's sister, Christine, is on the sideline. And they're, they're at, like, mile 15. And they're like, who are you pushing her? Like, who are you? And he's like, it's okay. I swear. Like, I run with you guys in Virginia. Like, I'm going to get her to the finish line. And Mission accomplished. We got a rider to the finish line, but that was a long 13 miles at the back end for me of just a lot of walking, a lot of trotting. And um, I'm pretty sure I never cried harder on your shoulder rooster than I ever have at a race at, at that race. So that's, that's definitely another memory in itself for Marine Corps. And, um, and then my last memory of that race, 2018, my girlfriend, Jen, who's an angel pusher here in SEPA, we were like, hey, we're just going to run it ourselves. Like, let's just go have a good time, run it, do our own thing. And uh, we got to mile 24 of the race. And there was a guy who, like, back spasms, couldn't walk, like, was not functioning on the side of the road. And we're like, hey, what's going on? Are you all right? And he's like, my back. And I was like, do you want me to call medics? And he's like, no, like, I want to finish this. And her and I were like, all right, we're going to carry you to the end. So we literally carried Eric for two miles at the last of the end. We have pictures of it. His arms are around both of us. Jen's on one side. She's five, two. Like she's like the littlest person ever. Me, I'm stouring five, five. We got Eric around our arms, got him to the finish line. He collapsed right into a medical chair, like right at the end. And we just, and we had so many people ask us that last two miles, do you want us to help him? And we're like, no, like we got this, like we committed it. We're doing it the last two miles. We're going to get him over the finish line. And it's pretty cool because we still talk to Eric today. So enough of me rambling about Marine Corps, but had a lot of great memories, a lot of emotions from that weekend. And I really think if you have the opportunity to sign up, everyone should to experience it somehow. So that wow those amazing memories like for, and for those to be just so front of mind really just reinforced just how deeply you know uh impactful those memories were i mean there's yeah. the interwoven story that you just told like there, there's so many places we can go <laughs> what i what i got out of that though was like perseverance love and teamwork those are like the three words that just popped out as i was listening to that and i can't help but ask you to please take us back like who who and what or maybe what experiences what did you do in your life to kind of become who you are today like something that maybe shaped you to have this perseverance loving together we shall mentality sure so i feel like those three key words you said have been ingrained in me since i was a kid and and it's we didn't we didn't grow up religious I'll say we went to church for a while but like I didn't have the religion aspect of things in my life but I had those core values of a way of living and somehow those three things and maybe a couple more just kind of came like forefront of mind to me um and just kind of shaped who I was so for those who don't know I grew up as a soccer player so I was around age four like every other kid like you get thrown into sports let's throw you into soccer see how you like it go buzz around like a bunch of bees kicking the ball, whatever. Um, and I picked it up really, really quickly. And I got really good really quickly. And I did all the other sports. I tried softball, gymnastics, dance, uh, basketball. I sucked at basketball. I can't shoot for my life. I was a great defender, but like I was not good. Um, and, um, and, and it's funny because now in today's age, I feel like kids need to pinpoint a sport pretty young, like two to grow, right? You get committed to one thing. It's hard to kind of do a lot of things. So soccer was my, soccer was my jam. And that's kind of like, I just got into it. And I started realizing at a young age, like I was just really good. I was naturally talented and really, really good. So I made my way up through playing travel soccer at the local level here. And then I made the select team. So that was like all the best girls from the area. 
And then that select team, we loved playing with each other so much that we decided to make a premier team. So our premier team, we used to travel. And I've been like, if, when you when you click off, like how many states you've been to, a lot of people are like, oh, I've run races. I'm like, I played soccer games and tournaments like everywhere. So, you know, I've been fortunate enough. We flew out to California for a tournament. I've been to Italy to play soccer, um, Florida, you name it. So this premier team, we were all up and down the East Coast playing like the highest level teams possible. And then from there, it was awesome. I got to play on the state team. I played on the regional team. And I actually got to go to national camp when I was 15, which was awesome. So I got to play with the best girls in the country, try to make the U15 national team. I didn't make it, but the experience itself was awesome. And that premier team of those girls, they truly shaped the human I am today. And I was lucky enough. I somehow kind of stepped up into that leadership captain role in every team I ever played for. I love that pressure. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the pressure or the um, the the weight of like knowing everyone's kind of relying on me, but I love that. And I've always been like that. And it started when I was a kid and people just looked up to me and I was like, all right, well, clearly I must be showing something that they like. So kind of just went, kind of went for it. And um, all the, all the time playing soccer growing up and the money my parents spent was totally worth it. Cause I got a, a free ride to college for D1 soccer. So I like to say I paid my parents back a little bit that it paid off for my schooling. Yeah. And uh, since I've known you, I knew you played soccer in college. I didn't know until recently that D1 full ride. And that's like less than 1% or even smaller of like high school athletes. Like that's, that's legit. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's like everything, like every like high school athlete dreams of. I want to go play D1. You know, I had I had that dream and then I got sidetracked with uh, other extracurricular activities. But yeah, I mean, like that was definitely I'm sure Brewster number 55 wanted to go at some point and play play in Death Valley and then, you know, go up from there. But that's like talk about living like the childhood dream to an extent. The one thing that was kind of cool was um, so it's my sister and I my sister's six years older than I am. I'm the younger of the two. So my dad didn't have any boys. So like I was that son my father never had. And he like loved it. And what I really love is everyone called me pick growing up, but they called my dad pick. And like he was a jock and like an athlete too in high school. So it's kind of fun that like I got to keep that like legacy living a little bit and um, following his footsteps. And, you know, he was so tough on me. Like he was super tough on me. And like being a girl, girls can't like don't want to handle being yelled at. And I would just kind of give it back to him, like, stop talking, babe. like, stop yelling at me. But um, mm-hmm. that also kind of helped, um, you know, craft who I am today. But going back to your comment about everyone wants to play college sports, while in reality, it is the coolest thing. It, it's absolutely amazing. There is a lot of hardship coming with college sports that people either don't talk about or like it, it's just not as pretty to athletes, I guess I would say. And that's exactly what I, the question I wanted to ask. I didn't play D1 college. In fact, I didn't go to college after high school. Um, I eventually had that opportunity. But Joe said it's like the dream that all college athletes or high school athletes have. Was it the dream? So for me, um, college was the largest learning experience that I've ever had in my life of um adversity, overcoming things, being, seeing how strong mentally and physically tough, like you can be. Um, because, you know, think about it. You get a, you get a D1 scholarship. I bet you in your hometown, like you're the shit, like you are good. Like you are good at your sport. You're there for a reason. And that was me. Like I was good. Like people knew me locally and then you get to college and you're just a nobody. Like you got to make your name, make your name known, prove why you're there. So when I went to college, um, I, I didn't think I would start. I was hoping I was going to start. I want to play. Like, that's why I was there. And, um, four games into the season, my freshman year, um, our senior goalkeeper got injured and they were like, all right, are you ready to like step up and do, I was a goalkeeper, by the way. I don't think I said that. I, 
wasn't a field player. So I was a goalkeeper cr- crazy in the head. Like we're just our own breed. Um, like my son was a goalkeeper in yeah. hockey. And yes, you folks are cut from different mm-hmm. cloths. Anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. So I had the most incredible freshman year like you can ever possibly imagine. I think it was like top 20 in the nation for goals against average. In our league alone, I was like second in the league. And um, got us to our championship game of our conference championships. We unfortunately didn't win, but I was so happy. I was so happy with my performance. Like, you end your freshman year on, like, the highest note. Like, this is college. Yeah. Like, I love this. I don't care that we train at, like, 6 in the morning. And then I got to go to class all day. But then go lift. And then go do it all over again. Like, I don't care. So it was the dream then. You got there your freshman year. You got a chance to get in yes. the net. Like your sophomore year must have been amazing. Yeah. So I'm I'm like living the life, ready for sophomore year. So I'm I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. And it's 15 minutes before our first game. And my goalkeeper coach pulls me to the side and she goes, hey, I just want to let you know you're not starting. And I'm like, what? Like, we didn't even play a game yet. What do you mean? Like, I'm not starting. I started last year. And I, I believe the quote was, we just think she's more ready. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that was enough to unravel me and like spiral me into uh, like the deepest, darkest depression that like I've ever been in my life. Because it would have been one thing to me if I lost my spot, right? If we played that first game, we got crushed. I looked terrible, letting goals in. I understand then. But, like, I didn't even get a chance to lose it. It was just given away. And for me, being an athlete in high school who played all the time, played on all the teams, like, I never experienced that failure kind. Like, right? Like, failure, I guess I'll call it. Or, like, that disappointment. And here I am. 19 20 years old for the first time in my life like experiencing that identity crisis like I was a man of the soccer player and now you're telling me like I'm not good anymore or like I'm not good enough and it was from there it it college then was no more fun like for what I went to go do play soccer I wasn't playing anymore so try to like soak that in in your very still maturing brain of life passion, sadness, depression. It was a dark, dark hole, dark, dark hole that I I got into very quickly. So, I mean, that's 15 years of being the best, you know, and then just having that taken away without at least a good explanation, you know, Mm -hmm. she's more ready. Sit down. That stings for sure, especially coming off that high of a freshman year. How did you get out of it um I didn't the rest of my sophomore year was dark it was dark I was not happy um uh I would cry to my mom like every day on the phone and like (laughs) thinking about it now as like a parent like she was so helpless right like yeah And, and like if my son now had that and like I was on the other end of the call now to like listen to him, it kills me. Like the thought of it kills me. And like she couldn't hug me. She couldn't do anything. Like she just has to listen. Like, like it's gonna be okay. But it's not. Like she 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 knows her kid. Like she knows how I feel. So to like even have to like tie her into it, like that kills me now thinking about that. Like it was a whole family, right? Like my hurt was hurting her so anyway so that's tough to think about now but then so my junior year I kind of got to the point where I was like you you need to pull it together like you either need to transfer you need to get out or you got to suck it up so I was like I'm gonna suck it up and I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna prove why they picked me for this team why I should stay on this team so um It was pretty cool. My junior and senior year, I was actually the captain of our team. And I think I played like a total of seven games, which like in itself kind of shows, right? Like I was still a leader. I still stepped up to the plate. I led, um, I led by example on and off the field. Like I was that team mom. If you talk to any of my roommates, it's pretty funny. Like we'd be at the bar, like we'd be out and I'd be like head counting everyone. Like, okay, okay, we're all here. Like cops aren't raiding the place. Like 
we're good. Like we're safe. We're safe. Everyone's good. Um, so I, I, I kind of just took my disappointment towards soccer, did what I could do, played the best I could play, got the games I could play and, and accepted it. And then I kind of put my energy into more of school. Like I didn't, I, it's not that I didn't care about school, but I just, um, you know, you're an athlete, like you, you play sports, like that's what you do. College was there. Cool. I'm getting a degree. So I found a passion for writing and communications. And then I decided to put my energy towards sports and communications. So I worked for our, our athletic um, communications office. And that was like the coolest thing I got to do in college outside of soccer and, and my teammates and my friends and stuff. But um, I got to learn a lot and I got to I got to find a niche that like I was passionate about. And that kind of played a trajectory towards my career that I thought I wanted to move forward with um, once I started going in the athletic communications department. So did a lot of men's lacrosse games and basketball games. I was the person that sat at the table with the, the guy on like the mic of the speaker announcing all the game stuff. Um, I got to sit with him and do all the stats and all the post game interviews and press releases. And it was pretty cool. I, I got, I got, I got a really cool experience in college that way when the thing you went for was actually making you really sad. So there's a lot of parallels to what you just explained. This idea of going to college with a specific purpose and eventually being derailed or benched, you're not starting, and how that can correlate really to life. A lot of times we will go into something with an expectation and it's somewhere along the way, it isn't even close to what the plan was. Yep. And here here you are, your whole college experience was that. And I would submit, Amanda, as dark as it may have been, like I, you are who you are today because of those, I'll call them stumbles. You called them yep. failures. You've decided to not call those failures tattoos, but rather to call those failures little bruises that healed over time yep. to use one of the values of our friends at Travis Manion Foundation. That is life. And, and all the while, you know what, you know what just shined through the whole thing is this idea that you are a leader. You live your life in a way that others want to follow. Yep. That doesn't mean you have to be the goalie in the net. You could be so much more dynamic. I'm going to stop talking because I want you to talk about life post-college here. But the, the thing that comes to my mind is like, you are... Going through this college experience in, and to be on the field as the player, okay, you're also the captain of the team and the leader. But when you're a runner and you're in the race and you're the leader of the Southeast Pennsylvania ambassadorship, how awesome is it to say, I'm leading by example, I'm out here running the race? Well, it's great, but how much stuff are you missing? Because all you really know about is the race you're running and you're trying to lead from the front. But when we take Amanda out of the race or off the soccer field and we put her into an environment where she can see the game, encourage the, the players and the runners, but also be there for the rest of the bench, the team, the staff. Like now we're just expanding Amanda's reach. And, and that college experience just nails who I think you are today. So while soccer shaped who you are today... It's the college experience of figuring out how to adapt and overcome. And I never knew that about your journey. So thank you for sharing. It makes sense to me now. I think it's got to be a, a little bit of something in the water, like, you know, where you're where you're from. You know, I mean, Rooster mentioned our friends at Travis Mannion and like definitely sounds like you through uh, college embodied the if not me, then who mentality. Plus, I mean, you're from the suburbs of Philly and like I'm not going to let this uh episode go without talking about rocky right so <laughs> my favorite rocky quote you know applies exactly to to your experience at college right you me or nobody is going to hit as hard as life but it ain't about how hard you hit it's about how how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward and if you didn't do that then then i don't know what you did but <laughs> so i mean like I, I feel like I need to go get some, was it the Delaware River, whatever? Yeah, some Miller time or some Delaware <laughs> River water, because, I mean, you, TMF, and Rock, you got it. Do you know I was born about 20 miles away from Amanda? <laughs> Couldn't help but add that in. I'm yeah, but it's a different bad. state. It's a different state. 
is it that? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Miller time. It's Miller time right out of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. This is the time of the show where we invite you to grab your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and get ready for the next half of the show. Amanda, what you sipping on for Miller time? So this is an iced coffee from my favorite local donut place, which Rooster, you actually have been to with me last time you were in town. So it's called Yum Yum Donuts, not sponsored on this episode, but we'd love to talk to you if you'd like to. Um, Yum Yum Donuts is the bomb. um, And I absolutely love their iced coffee. And I'm dumbfounded because don't get me wrong. I love I love a good Dunkin. Like I'll go to Dunkin, whatever. But like Yum Yum's like right down the street from Dunkin, and I don't know how people aren't going to Yum Yum over Dunkin. But anyway, I am um, mocktails right now currently in my current status of life. So no alcoholic beverages. So just ca- caffeine of iced coffee for me. That I'm finally happy I can drink again. So it was a good like 20 weeks where the thought of coffee made me want to vomit. Um, so I'm happy to have it back in my life because I need a little, I need a little pick me up. Joe, I want I want everybody to know what you're drinking, but like I, I got to pull the string. Amanda, the, the, we haven't told the world that you're with second child. I so am. That I might am. make sense. That might make sense to our listeners. All the yeah, things that you said. She did. Said it back to Marine Corps. Yeah. So I'll be six weeks, six months post. Amanda is here with with second child, um, which means she has a first child. So like. I want to hear a little bit about Teddy and how he makes you smile and how you see yourself in him. But Joe, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking coffee. It is uh, not iced. It is hot. And it is Dunkin' because I don't have a Yum Yums here <laughs> to go have this delicious coffee from. And both Yum yeah. Yum nor Dunkin' are not a sponsor yet. Yeah. Well, if you come up, if you come up for the yellow stairway race, Joe, one of these, one of these years, I will more than happily get you some yum yum in your life. Best donuts, best coffee. That's Are a, you that's always a, an iced girl? Sorry. Um, I drink ice like almost yeah. all year, yeah. except so if like, it's real. If if I'm out, if I'm outside spectating for something that's cold, I'll get hot. But I like a good iced. Yeah. If you if Joe does come to visit you, there's another thing you have to do. You have to bring him where you brought me to the corner of, and there was Geno's on one side. And we went to the one first that has the actual thing on the ground that says, you know, Rocky stood here. Which which place is that? I think we did Geno's first versus Pat's. The biggest difference is how they're chopped. Like one has like more long strip steaks and the other one's more of like a chopped chip steak. Um, but yeah, so everywhere when, for those listening, I've been fortunate enough. I know a lot of people in the organization haven't been, but I've been able to, spend time with Rooster one-on-one and in group settings multiple times since joining the organization, which has been incredible. And I take pride in celebrating Philadelphia food cuisine with him because I know he's a foodie at heart. So like we get all these cheesesteaks of all different assortments and then we like cut them up into little shareable bites and we just go each by one by one. And then he votes kind of like what he likes. So he gets a cheese like a whiz wit and then we get a pizza steak and he gets to try all the things. So anyone yeah. wants to come to Southeast PA, I promise I will fill your heart with a lot of good memories and your belly with really good food. So please come, come up and join us anytime. We can roll credits right there. Be done. Show's over. We're done. I, I don't, I like, <laughs> it's like the, like, you know, the, uh, the military saying for years, you know, winning hearts and minds, like um, Amanda's winning bellies and hearts. Like uh, <laughs> it was like, I gotta go get a cheesesteak. You know, dude, you, you you should really just get on the doggone uh, phone right now. Look, is there a direct flight from Wilmington to P- Pennsylvania? Land there at yeah. 8 a.m., right? And then you know go eat what? lunch. That, oh, there is. I do know what. I'm with you. Do it. Do it. When for the leadership retreat, I can buy cheesesteaks at the airport or something, and I will pack them and bring them. It's only an hour flight. Like, I'll somehow maneuver it and, like, keep it good. We'll figure it out. What what time do you land? Um, I think I'm like eleven o'clock lunchtime. It'll be the perfect ride snack from airport to retreat. Well, Joe's gonna be doing something else at a different establishment. I got Friday an idea though. Time. I got an idea. But another I can come idea. get you. Another idea. Another idea. What I can do is I can have them prepare the meat and put it in like a container box, but then put the, the hoagie roll on the side so then it doesn't yeah. get soggy. Bet. And, and no, and, and I, I had a process Friday, vice Thursday and like our listeners now are like, what are they talking about? We're going to edit that but out. Fr- 
Friday. <laughs> no, I'm good on Friday because I can go get Amanda and then on the way back do those other things and get the poster board that I've been tasked with and other things. But, 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 but you can't put poster board and other things in the middle of go get Amanda. So Amanda needs no, that's to on come. the way back. That's on the way back. No, I know, but I'll, I'll be at the, at the place that is back. And you're no, talking you gotta about, wait. you have to wait. We'll get there eventually. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No. Then you got to meet us at the poster board place or something. <laughs> There's, nope. There's, there's a lot going on right now. I don't know what to do with my hands. Tangent. 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 Dude, that was a huge yeah. tangent. I, okay, so uh, you finished college. Then what happened? Let me uh, let me set that up. Let me set that up better. Yep. Nevertheless, college like shaped to who who you are today, and the experiences at college. Like, th- first of all, thank you for sharing that and, and your vulnerability and reflection. What happened after college? Because I didn't meet you for quite some time after you finished up college. I've decided post-college, instead of going the find a full-time job route, my um, my mentor, uh, Ryan Eigenbrook, who was in the athletic department, he was like, hey, there is this prestigious internship. It's called the Asa Esh Bushnell Scholarship. Um, it's on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and I think you should apply for it. So I'm like, okay. I appreciate everything Ryan says. Like, why wouldn't I go for it? Right. Like you're my mentor. I'll, I believe in you. Well, I got accepted for the only communications internship up on the Cape. So in my mind, because Ryan was talking about how amazing it was and how great on my resume, I, I lived there for nine months. And uh, in hindsight, I'm so glad I did it for the experiences. My boss up there, I learned so much from Gordon. He was an incredible human being. But to already kind of like be in a depressed state of mind in college and then move to cold New England for nine months with like no family, no friends. It was just like another year of my life where like I was just not happy and like not myself. And my mom and I still talk to about this day. She's like, you just were not you. You're like all of college and Cape Cod, like you were not Amanda. Like it was sad to watch and you were not you. But again, like the grit and the the willingness to like not give up. I was like, well, I'm not quitting this internship. Like I signed up. I committed to it. I'm doing it. I'm going to finish it out. So I literally counted down the days till my internship was done. Um, athletic communications is amazing. But I knew if you want to work in athletic communications, like you work a lot of hours. Like you're not home. You're at games till 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I and I just already knew in my life that I probably wouldn't want that. So like, why kind of dive into that if I'm just going to have to make a career pivot in five, 10 years, right? So um, ended up coming back towards home and still stayed in the in the communications realm of things. And it's been cool. Like I, I've had multiple jobs. I've worked in journalism. I've been a reporter for a newspaper. I've worked in PR. I've worked at our local college. Um, but I knew home is really where I wanted to be because I think being in that like really deep, depressed state of mind, which mind you, I know we've had other guests on the podcast that I love listening to. Like I was never diagnosed. Like I was self-diagnosed. Like I knew that I was not okay. Like I I knew things were not good, but I was determined to like help myself get out of it a little bit, however that was going to be. And I knew it was with family. Like I had to go home and because they're my constant, my happiness, like, so that's what I did. So I went back home and then just tried to like rebuild myself. And then believe it or not, Ainsley's Angels popped up. And like, it literally brought me back to life, which is the coolest thing ever. Like it, it brought me back to the old Amanda of like who I was. I'm glad that the organization brought you back. Cause I only know, you know, this Mandy and Iron Mandy and Iron Mommy and all your other uh, nicknames and now Pick, but like not knowing you uh, during that time is like kind of sad too, you know, like people there to to help you get out of it. But there's, we all know, like, especially in the organization, right? There's hundreds of thousands of people that like you meet, right? Like I still, and it's not like it was 50 years ago or anything, but like, I remember meeting you at Abilities Expo, right? And your mom was with you, got the chair, um, like, and then that flourished to where we are today. But yeah, you definitely need to tell us about that email. Yeah, so I 
um, I first found out about you guys from joining I Run For. So a lot of people know about the I Run For group. You're a runner or some type of athletic enthusiast. You get paired with someone with some type of special needs and you end up being pen pals um, pretty much via Facebook. So um, at that time, that group was so large that for like a runner, the wait time was like seven months or something. So every day I'd go on Facebook to see if I was tagged that I got paired and la la la. And all of a sudden it's like, Amanda, meet your person. And I'm like, holy crap. Okay. Like, can't wait to meet my buddy. Like, I hope they live in like California. Like, it'd be cool to fly out West. Well, shit, I get my buddy. He lives in Ireland. Ireland. I'm like, what? Like, no way. So like, I start immediately right away, start talking with his mom, Pam. And I'm, and we just hit it off. He is one of four boys. He's the youngest. Uh, it was just that spark and that like reignitingness of, oh, and I guess I, I really didn't say like, I was a goalkeeper. I hated to run. Like I did not like running. And then I kind of <laughs> just kind of got back into it because I was like, Hmm, I'm fat. I'm depressed. I'm really not happy. I should probably start doing something again that like is me and athletics is me. So like, let's sign up for a half marathon with a friend. So I signed up for a half marathon. I wore like the worst shoes ever. I wasn't able to walk for like two weeks after because I didn't like prepare and had no idea what I was doing. But I was like, ooh, I kind of like this bug. Like I like, I like this. And then I found I run for. And then I get my buddy. He lives in Ireland. And after almost like eight 12 months of talking, I was like, I'm going to Ireland. We're going to meet. And they were like, sure, come. Like, we got a house. We got everything you need. So at that time, Sean and Seamus were running across the country. And I kept seeing their posts on I Run For. Father-son duo. Hi, everyone. We're, we're crushing it. And I'm like, well, I want to push Liam. But I don't have a chair. And I have, like, no idea what I'm doing. So I sent an email to President App. Ancientninja.org, and I say my story and who we are. And probably an hour later, I look at my phone. It's a phone number, and it says Virginia Beach on it, and like the rest is history. And Rooster sold me, like no doubt about it. It was it was it was so cool because I think the first thing he said to me on the phone was, "Hey, I got your email. I just want to say I'm gonna get you a chair." And like I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, like yes." And then he goes you know, we're not in Pennsylvania, right? Like we don't have an ambassadorship there. And I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, no, like you thought about it. Would you consider it? And I was like, you know, and of course I'm playing hardball and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like I got to think about it. Like got to talk to my boyfriend and like see what we can do. I like, I hung up the phone. I was like, I'll call you back. Thank you for the chair. Oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. Hang up the phone. And I look at Taylor and I say to him, I'm like, this is all happening in life for a reason. Like this is meant to be like, there was a reason this phone call happened. There's a reason that he like nudged me of like wanting to start this here. And I truly believe like I was ready to like relive again, right. To like the person that I was and like what my passions are and like putting all the things the energy and, and goodness. And again, the leadership, the happiness, the whatever, like it happened from that phone call, which is crazy. Like a 30 minute phone call. And then like, look at life now, which I can't even imagine almost 10 years ago, right? Like it's, it's, the universe is amazing. It's, it's, I believe everything happens for a reason. And there was such a reason that, that everything happened with that call on that day, which I'm grateful for. So this, to this day. Yeah. November of 2015, Sean and Seamus, like you said, had just finished running across the country. That was episode eight for anybody who wants to hear about that. I think it was eight. And uh, yeah, it was one of those moments where you get an email and you know that this is not an email that you just reply back to, but she gave me her phone number in it. And I remember I was sitting at the corner of Kempsville and Centerville at a gas station. I just filled up my gas tank and I pulled up a little bit and I just hit the number and you answered. And and there is the way that all this stuff works. And sometimes that that feeling, that energy is legit. It's real. And you just have to act on it. And there you go. So now here we are, uh, eight years, eight years, I think eight years later, over eight years later, almost. And, uh, so much has happened during that time. So Joe knows I can't help myself. The counting crows it's August and everything after, in this case, it's, it's November and everything after, or Ainsley's angels and everything after. 
but it's been a great ride. And, and me, we have said many times we're like sister, brother, sister relationship. I have my sister, Christine, and I have my sister, Amanda. And those are the types of relationships that hold strangers yesterday, friends today and family for life that are that are real. They're legit. And uh, so I'm I'm grateful for our relationship and, and the story that is how it started. So thank you for retelling that. Oh, so cool. And then, like you said, Joe, that call was November. And then you guys were like, Abilities Expo in DC is December, the first weekend or something. A bunch of people are going to be down there. So my mom and I, we drove down. Um, we got to meet Dave Goldstein episode. I don't remember on the top of my head, but Dave Goldstein was just on. So 23. Um, Dave and I are brother, sister ambassadorship. So South Jersey and PA, we do all the Philly races together. And we started the exact same time. So that's so cool that him and I have that relationship together. Um, I did. I got to meet infamous Sean at the time down there. And I don't even think I packed really like running clothes. I think I wore sneakers. Um, and it was awesome because um, NCR still to this day does that. I think it's like the Jingle Bell 5K or whatever is that weekend. Um, and all of you were like, well, do you want your first pushing experience? And he was like, yeah, I do. Like, this is awesome. So at the time, um, Liz was down there in D.C. running uh, the ambassadorship. And she goes to me, so what's your pace? At that time, I was actually kind of fast. And I was like, oh, like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I have the perfect rider for you. I'm like, okay. So she's like, you're going to push Cyrus. He'll show up to the race. You'll push him. I'm like, okay. Cyrus literally was like 25 minutes late to the start of the race. And like everyone started and they were like, just stay here. He's coming. I promise he's coming. I'm like, are they testing me? Like, are they testing to like, see that like I can really handle this or like, I know what I'm doing. So him and his mom and the nurse roll up and they're like, have you ever done like G-tube suction? And like, do you know all these things? And I'm like, uh, no, but you can teach me really quick. And they're like, yeah, all you do is like this and this and this. Okay, bye. We'll see you at the end. And I'm like, okay, bye. So like everyone's gone on the race. Everyone's taken off the last runner. We start and I try to catch up to everyone. I ran the fastest 5K I think of my life because I didn't want to have to suction him or like have to do anything because I was just so scared of like some type of medical like mishap or some sort. And and again, like you never forget that first rider. You never forget earning your angel wings and like him and his mom and I, like we still talk pretty cool. She's having a baby like a week apart from I am. So that's another like kind of cool thing that we talk and we can relate on that. But yeah, like that's it is history. Like I, I got my feet wet. I knew I could do this. I knew we could bring it to PA. I knew I was confident in making this happen. And then we we kicked off SEPA. And then that following spring in March over St. Patrick's Day, I was in Ireland with Liam. And like, here we are again, like eight years later, 500 family members in SEPA. Like it, it it's, it's crazy. It's incredible. It's awesome. Like the journey yeah. is amazing. Journey is incredible. Yeah. It really is incredible. I I want to take us on another little journey if we can. You have said more than once that you uh, are, quote, fat. You've used that word. At some point in your life, you've said, and I, in this podcast, you've used that word. And in some circles, that's a bad word, um, mostly because of what it can do to a person's psyche to sure. be told that they are overweight, obese, fat. You're a goalie. So you're probably a little bit bigger than the forward who's running down the soccer field at a fast, fast rate. And you're the goalie. You, you know, you're, 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 you're the tree in the goalie. You're trying to do your things and just left and just right. For, for a woman, for a person to have this body image of that they are bigger than the rest or don't look like the rest, that, that plays a role on a person. And the way that you have navigated that is something that I really want to give you the floor to tell and share with the women who may be looking at themselves in a certain way that's different than perhaps how society sees them. How have you navigated this in a way that has kept you living uplifted, if you will? Sure. Um, I think. I'm fortunate enough that I never got to the point in my life where I thought I had to look a certain way and I had to take extremes to get there. Right. Like I never calorie counted or, you know, starved myself or had any type of eating disorder of any type. I, I was, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go there. And it got to the point where 
I am physically active. I am working out every single day. I'm, I have a training plan. I have goals. I'm motivated. And health standards of the BMI chart and, and following that criteria, it, it's not up to date of what it was back then, right? Like you can still be a very healthy person and you don't have to look the standard of how you should look. You look at runners, they're small, petite, they're fast. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm cool with that. I don't care. I don't care what my mile pace is because at the end of the day, it's the engine. It's more of the engine inside you that is making you who you are. And something that I take pride in is, so I'm going to, th- so um, outside of running, I'm super into triathlon. I love swim, bike, run. Um, I say this, I say this often. Ainsley's and running is my running side of my life where I love to give, lend my legs. Um, And it's funny from talking from like the beginning of the podcast where you were saying like I was on the sidelines. I'm much more on the sidelines now as an ambassador because um, the race day hype and like getting things ready and prepared. And some days I just don't have the capacity in me where I'm like, I'm going to run this race. I'm just going to sit on the sidelines. I'm going to be that leader and man from the side, which now you say that again, like super parallel that I've never put together. Um, But triathlon is for me. Like I do tries for myself. That is pushing myself to limits I've never thought I'd be able to go to before. Staying structured on a training plan, helping my mental health of being active. Joe, you've talked about this on the podcast. Like the more active you are, the healthier you feel mentally. And the two correlate so much together. And um, I've gotten to the point in triathlon where I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to do an Ironman. Like, I don't, I, who cares how I look? Who cares what my time's going to be? We are doing this. And I think I was probably the heaviest I've been in a very long time. And I finished my Ironman. And it's like, again, it's that engine and it's the will and it's the fight and the motivation you have, and as an Athena, so that makes me, you're an Athena category if you're over 165 pounds for a woman. Men have a category as well called the Clydesdales. I think they're 210 or something. I think it's right around there. So Athenas and Clydesdales were beasts, and and the cool thing with triathlon is you can race your age group, or you can race in that division. So I put myself in Athena against other women who look like me, right, that it's maybe a little more of a fairer competition, but at the same time, I could enter our age group and hold my own and still do a great job if that's the if that's the route I want to go. So all of that rambling, I love using my social media platform to show that your worth is not your weight or how you look or how society views you. Like you are badass and you can do anything that you put your mind to if you're willing to do the work. And it doesn't matter your size. And that's the coolest part about the running in the triathlon community. Everyone's accepted. And I love that. And I want to continue pushing that and that message as much as I can with everyone I talk to because everyone deserves to be able to hit these awesome goals. And I hope everyone gets to experience. And that might be a 5K. And that's awesome. Like, do the 5K. Like, who cares if you're not going to look like everyone else in the start line? Who cares if your clothes are tight. You're getting out there and you're doing it. Like, ah, uh, I just, I, I'll preach it up and down every day. Just go for it. I want to eat a cheesesteak right now and then just go like run through a brick wall and swim and bike and do all these things because you've motiv- motivated me uh, just now to me- that whole mental thing, right? And like, that's what you're saying. You're your engine, uh, I think, is very similar to mine and Rooster's, right? Like, this here, like, the the legs are, are going to go before the mind, for sure. And it's yep. that, like, that Marine Corps Marathon, if you can't, you know, run, walk, can't walk, crawl, you know, do a combination of them. So, yeah, strong mind, strong body. And when they're synced up, man, it, the rest is over. And what we – the listeners heard – the the energy coming from your heart just now as you were as you were telling people this idea that like your worth is not your weight and if yeah. there's a quote in this episode that's the one like your worth is not your weight so where can our listeners find more of this motivational inspirational mm-hmm. you can do it i know you're on instagram what's your handle uh yeah my handle is at manda so not an a m a n d a my maiden last name pickerilly 
So I'll we'll type it in the comments and put it in uh, in the in the in the YouTube description and down below because it's a lot of eyes, a lot of C's, and a lot of Italian. So to go from Piccarelli to Hall, I'm I make my kids are making out much better than I am. Um, I love- <laughs> but, but I'd love I'd love for you to follow me if at the end of the day. And the cool part is, is right, like life's always evolving and changing. So like right now, I'm in, I I feel like I'm at that state where I'm motivating other women who are pregnant to keep moving and positively moving their body during this phase of life, right? Like, you know, ebbs and flows of life all the time. You're not the same person. I'm not that same person I was at Loyola as I am today, but like that journey of getting there is who I am now, right? And now I'm in my second phase of life as as a mom, as another soon-to-be mom. And, you know, I I hope I hope my kids can see the passion of of what I put towards everything that like when I'm committed, I'm committed. And I hope that they can, you know, accept people for who they are. They're not judging people on the way they look. They are inclusive to all. And I think that's the coolest thing about this organization, right? That I'm ingraining these little people at a young age into things they probably will never experience. Um, And I hope that, you know, I I hope it follows for generations to come. So if I can do anything, if you want to pop on my Instagram, if I can give you one little dose of motivation, once a week, I'm my heart's fulfilled to help whoever I can. But if you ever have to ish, talking about body issues or mommyhood or being a female or whatever, like shoot up my DMs. I'm always up for a conversation and I'm always all ears. So please. This is the spot. This is the spot. Ladies where and gentlemen, this is Iron sp- Mandy. Yeah, yeah. This is the spot where I asked Joe to text me what DMs mean because that y'all are using direct it. message. Uh, okay, thanks, Joe. Hey, man, we we were gonna do Tales of the Course, um, our third edition of that, but we're we're out of time. Like, we can't we can't get into it because we're out of time. And I I really want to just say thank you, um, on behalf of Joe and I for for accepting the invitation to come join us and and for your vulnerability and willingness to to again leverage your platform to share with so many people why your worth is not your weight and to get out there and kick it. And when you write a book, um, that needs to be the title because your worth is not your weight. Amanda, thank you. Uh, what can you share with our listeners as we round it out? And uh, I, I told you earlier, I wanted you to talk about Teddy. So maybe you can tie him into uh, what you leave people with. I don't know, just an idea. Um, I'm going to leave people with that. For those who are about to experience motherhood or haven't experienced motherhood yet, um, it is the most challenging, rewarding thing in your entire life, whether you're a mother or you're a father. And I know both of you can relate. Joe, you have little ones, too. And um, I cherish every single day. And the fact that this little person every single day comes and runs and is so excited to see me, it like truly just melts my heart. So. I love being Teddy's mom. He's going to be a big brother. He's another brother, another boy coming. So the hall boys are going to be running ragged around Lansdale. I can't wait. Um, and, you know, it's it's kind of survival mode right now. And I know it's probably going to be that way for the next five years. But I love the fact that I'm still part of this organization. And, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't leave just because I have kids. I'm excited to bring my family up in this family as well, just like I have been. So I know these are seasons, right? We're in a season of life right now. We're going to get through it as a family. And, but I wouldn't change the sleepless, tired nights for anything. It's the best. We usually roll credits, but Joe's going through some fun times at nighttime himself. So I feel like I want to let him say something here, <laughs> like cheers or amen to that or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, whatever you said about uh, the next five years, I'm like, yeah, it, I mean, Rooster knows like two's, two's a game changer um, and buckle up, sister. <laughs> Especially well, they're going to be boys. 20, they're gonna be 21 months apart. Yeah, so, and so we're 26. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm hoping they're BFFs and like don't want to kill each other, but we'll see, right? It, and we it's also bo- it's and both we also in a in a 10 second period. There, well, we also best. don't have a name, so like if you guys have, if I was gonna, who's I was gonna, has we like talking? name ideas, please. Well, I have a list here that you sent me. Yeah, like are, we got nothing. I don't want to say them. No, we got nothing. Nothing. But thank you so much for guys for having me. I, I appreciate being on here. 
Um, I've been list- I've listened to every single episode and I love um, I love hearing everyone's stories. And I think all of us take something away from the listeners, whether you see the title and you're like, oh, I'm not going to relate to that person. You always walk away with something. And I hope at the end of the day of this hour plus rant rant of us and our conversation, someone someone listening takes away at least one thing away. So um, this has been awesome. Thank you. Uh, you know what? I got, got enough. Time. He's in charge. <laughs> we're done. This was good. Yeah, we're done here. <laughs> uh, the structure of this building has reached its capacity. Find your people, and if they make you feel sexy, even better.